Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Holt from Exodus and formerly from Slayer, and you're listening to The Razor's Edge. A question I like to ask everybody, because I'm just intrigued as to how you got through and survived and whatnot, is how was your pandemic season? How was the last few years been for yourself? Um... Yeah, it's been all right. It, it was it was tough, like as it was obviously for everyone. I had like a um, my daughter; she turned one at the start of the pandemic, which was like quite uh, it's quite tricky looking after a one year old when you can't go anywhere or see anyone. Like they just they need constant attention. They're not like old enough or interested enough to like plonk him in front of the TV for a minute just to entertain <laughs> them. So I, yeah, it was pretty full on. But at the same time, like it was awesome because I was around. I wasn't on tour for like first few years. So um and I had a second daughter in twenty twenty one. So um in that respect it was cool to to like just be at home for that whole period. So yeah, yeah it's good. Well congratulations yeah. uh, on your second very, child as well. Thank you. And very like uh, productive in that we, I did like two architects records and wrote and recorded the Silosis record. So there was a lot of uh, writing and recording going on. Was it tough doing the architect stuff and the Silosis stuff at the same time, or did you just alternate as and when? Yeah, no, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we were, um, you know, just like not on tour, so it was quite easy to just flip-flop and have a lot of time solos of stuff was kind of like always ticking over um yeah i mean i'm always writing non-stop really no fair um yeah. also before we get into the nitty-gritty i saw a video of you on stage of trivium doing a guns gunshot to head extrapolation with oh, just yeah, yeah. point to serve fucking amazing how was that oh thanks uh yeah it was really cool um i went to the oxford show because i pretty much live in oxford near enough outside Reading uh, and I obviously Ali is in Bleed From Within who were on that tour as well so I went and hung out for a bit but it was mine and my wife's anniversary so we were actually going out in Oxford for dinner and then yeah I saw Matt briefly because we had toured with Trivium about 10 years ago now and uh, I was like oh you know I might come to another show and he just said oh come and come and do a song so uh, yeah it was cool I was really uh a lot of fun because I haven't played a show in a while. And it's definitely a bit different for me being up on stage without a guitar, but I enjoy it. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Right. I want to go further back, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah. What actually made you want to be a musician in the first place? Um, I can't remember anything too specific because I was just sort of always around it. So my, my dad's just like a... A huge fan of music just like an obsessive music fan collector but not a musician um okay it's already he, he had a guitar in the house but he didn't play it it was just something he got and maybe he knew like a few chords but he never played it but i would bash away on it yeah no i think it was just my dad playing music a lot in the house and i was just always around music and interested by it um, but there wasn't like one band or one musician. To be honest, the person that made me want to play guitar was my next door neighbor. He was like two years older than me and my in my sister's year at school. And um, 
I went to like some school performance thing when my sister had started secondary school and he was just playing electric guitar on his own. I was like, cool. <laughs> so I think that was that was part of it, yeah. Was there any any influences for you growing up or uh, as you got older that have influenced Silosis? Yeah, I mean, my influences haven't really changed, if I'm honest. Like, I got into metal pretty early on. Um, and funnily enough, with this record, I you see some people saying that it's, like, more modern or maybe they, they're assuming that it's, like, there's some architects rubbing off. But this album's actually the closest we've been to how we would have sounded when we first started. But when we first started the band, we were like 12 years old or something and we didn't release any music for the first like four years. But at that time when we were 12, it was all about like Pantera, Great Southern Tranquil and Slipknot, Iowa. And uh, I mean, we were listening to everything like from Hatebreed, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse. Um, but yeah, th this record's definitely, the focus was a bit more on like the intensity and that sort of youthful energy and that sort of excitement that we got from metal like when you're a kid and you just start discovering all this heavy music and it like makes you feel alive um so uh yeah so like my influences and stuff like pretty much stayed the same you know like i love metallica pantera slipknot slayer sepultura all that stuff from like the the mid 90s and stuff yeah, the, the the golden age when yeah. all those were coming through, like and then the new metal scene hit in two thousand. You just like fucking hell, they're like there's so much from everywhere. It was great. Yeah. Um, lyrics wise, then are they quite personal to you, or are they story based, or are they a mixture of both? Like, what do you tend to go with? Um, it's a it's a mixture. There's definitely nothing like that I would describe as story based in in that I've like made something up but there might be songs where the the lyrics are more yeah just not not about me personally like there's like some songs like about uh, like eye for an eye for example like i guess religious hypocrisy especially a lot of a lot of the lyrics are coming from like the uh obviously it was written during the pandemic and when all kinds of things were going on like socio-politically environmentally and stuff and I just always find it fascinating when you get these like right winger, like ultra Christian groups that are like really hateful. It's like, how do you not get that you're like, so th that's an example anyway of a song that is uh, lyrically has nothing to do with me, but it's not like a story or anything. It's not like made up. Uh, and then there's a song like Absent, which is like a lot more personal. And um, and the title track, A Sign of Things to Come, it's kind of just about you know, mid pandemic and the uh the anxiety around like what the future holds and stuff and like a lot of things coming in uh socially or politically that seem a bit like wary or worrying and then like climate change stuff and it's just that sort of sinking feeling of like what is happening? So that's yeah. what like the title track's about. And I, I wouldn't say that necessarily sums up the album. Uh, originally that wasn't gonna be the title track or the name of the album. Um, yeah I, I kind of like that it kind of although that's what the song is about it also feels like like Silosis is back and we're going to be doing more and be more active so it's kind of like doubles up in that res respect 
Yeah, I thought the album was fantastic from start to finish. Like it was really. I'm not saying that because you're here, Josh. I, I genuinely, <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually Thank struggled you. to pick a to pick a favorite song because I was like, everything's got something different. You know, it's it. It was. I picked Pariahs in the end, but still, okay, yeah. I, Every track I felt was a bit different to the other. I was like, this is just fantastic. And I also love the fact that you've that guitar solos are back. <laughs> I oh, they're no everywhere, one, yeah. Yeah, no one, I don't feel like anyone really does them anymore. So I thought it was great. That every, near enough every song, I was like, oh, fucking right. We love oh, a solo. Song. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't think I could, I could ever write a song that didn't have one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, has the album been well received, though? Oh yeah, it's insane. It's been really, really good. Like I think people are the general consensus is that it's our strongest record. And I think like we've just put more more into this one than we ever have. I feel like we had, you know, put a lot in, in the past and paid like a lot of attention to detail, but until this one it was like, okay, actually this is what like hard work on a record really feels like and looks like. We wanted to make like every song could be a single you know whatever that might maybe even if it's like a super heavy one or whatever it could be that song that like grabs people um and we wanted to focus the songs a bit more but not necessarily like leave behind what we're known for which is like tons of riffs and like keeping things interesting and and you know technical at times and that kind of thing yeah, do you feel that it's one of your strongest because you had the time to work on it because of the pandemic? Um, yeah, yeah, like time was definitely a, a big factor. To be honest, like a big factor was our manager. Like he was really um quite brutal with me after Cycle of Suffering, the last record, and was just like, you know, you could, you could be, uh, you could be like reaching another tier. Like you haven't really made your your finest work yet um you're sort of he, he sort of said that the last record didn't have enough like defining moments on it like enough stuff to like grab people that oh that's the bit i can't wait i can't wait for them to play that song he said it just wasn't um i don't know but that and that was kind of like difficult for me to hear at first and i was like oh, i don't know i thought it was a good record but now i kind of it took me a little while to sort of like reevaluate and take a step back from Silosis and sort of like realize that a lot of what we'd been doing was either because I'd boxed myself in and set up a lot of very strict parameters around what we could and couldn't do or just got used to like um, wanting to always avoid like the most obvious or thing that other people do because it might be a bit like cheesy if we did it whereas I don't know. Like I, I love really anthemic, heavy music, and the anthemic side of things wasn't something that was like too present in Solosis before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it a combination of like a new mindset, a new approach, and and the band's manager sort of really pushing us and just being like, "You guys could be doing like a classic metal record. You could do a record that's going to be like defining. It's just you haven't done it yet." So that really like ignited a fire under us to to try and do that, to try and create a like a solid metal record like Far Beyond Driven or the Black Album where like every song is like a banger. Uh so that was a big focus for for us for what we wanted to do. But yeah. the time, yeah, made yeah, like having a, an extra year was was handy. How long have you been selling it? Um 
Well, we wrote it 2020, 21, recorded 22. Um, so, yeah, I guess it was done in like November of last year. It was like finished. So, a only- while. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things you're like, I just want to get this out now. I want people to hear this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard it a lot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> by this point, yeah. Like, I would listen to it for a while, then I'd, like, check in, like, and be like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, can't wait for this to come out. <laughs> and, yeah, put it down again. I mean, obviously, we're talking about, like, the fact that you did it, wrote it in the pandemic and everything. Is it almost a case of having all that time to work on it you could either overdo it in a way so you could listen to a song go oh that's great actually i might take that out and it gets to point me and start like going i might take, oh, actually i'll put this back in i might take that out though and change this does that ever happen or um to uh, to a degree i feel like once you feel like a song's in the right place i think it's um you sort of know and i we're good at sort of leaving that in terms of the song yeah but you can definitely, or at least in my case specifically, because I mix the record, like when it comes to mixing, I could like just go around in circles with that stuff all day. I'm like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm just going to try a completely new guitar sound or like <laughs> try a different snare or something like that. And that would, yeah, that would be something that I could drag it on and on and on. So, yeah. Well, Anyway, you dropped three singles, uh, Deadwood, yep. Poison for the Lost, and A Sign of Things to Come. Do you struggle to decide what sing- to release as singles? Because obviously, like I said, with the album being as good as it is, were you finding it difficult to go, mm, I might well put, should put this out, put that out, that's, that's, that's a banger. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I think we were quite lucky that we could mostly sort of all agree on what songs were going to be the contenders, which was quite lucky between us, the band, uh, our manager, and the record label. Um, I think there was a bit of like back and forth. I think like maybe Ali or the band maybe wanted Poison for the Lost to come out first before Deadwood did. But um, yeah, I think for the most part, it's pretty good. Not we all were on the same page. But yeah, like the intention was for it to be difficult, you know, like to have every song be a potential single, um, yeah. or to be or to treat the songs that way. Like when we're writing them, to give them like the same sort of you know, if if you're thinking, I don't know why we never did this too much, but I guess it, you know, certain albums it, it makes sense. But if you think about a song like this is going to be the first song people hear off the record, we need to impress them. If, we'd never had that approach before in records where we we had that approach to every single song. Sometimes we're like, oh, this is going to be an album song. It'll be a cool one, but it might be a bit self indulgent here. It might go off in this little tangent that if it was a single might lose people's attention but we like it whereas this time around I was like no let's just be ruthless and yeah nah decent that's just great I mean but we meant you mentioned the previous album uh, just before but like what actually sets this album apart from the rest um I mean that to be honest like I, this is the most like free we've been in terms of um doing what exactly what we want to do and like just not caring how it might get perceived by fans or whoever like we just wanted to make sure it was serving ourselves it's the most concise and focused record we've done and we've also never done a record that's just 10 songs and would fit on one single vinyl disc (laughs) which is something that we wanted to test ourselves with and um yeah I, i think uh 
even though uh, musically it's nothing like Silosis at all and didn't influence us in any way musically, we sort of looked at the Turnstile record that came out, I think in 2021, um, and obviously captured people's attention. And it was like solid tracks and it was only 10 songs and it was just like, oh, just leave you wanting more and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we were like, yeah, let's do 10 songs. Yeah, we've never done a like one one very common critique of the band in the past was like the length of our records, which is something that for me personally, I I didn't really mind because like if I was like a kid tidying my room listening to Metallica and I was listening to Master Puppets, if the CD stops, I'm just gonna put Injustice for All on right after it. So like having an album that's too long, like why does that matter? If I'm listening <laughs> to the band, I'm listening I'm just gonna put on another album, like <laughs> but I, I get I get some people's reasoning and I think it it makes sense um to yeah, not outstay a welcome. Especially in today's like day and age with people's attention span not being what it used to be. Oh yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say, because obviously back in our generation, obviously, like you say, it was I used to just to slip not loads. So it'd be like first record straight on, as that's finished, I will go straight in. You know, you yeah. can list it for ages. Whereas now it's like the album was great. What's next? Like, yeah. oh my god, it's been out a day. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, but obviously you're going off on tour in November, UK and European, starting in yeah. Glasgow on the seventh of November. How excited are you for the to get back on tour? Oh, very excited. Yeah, we haven't toured since 2016. So it's oh, been a long days. time coming. Yeah, we played like a handful of shows, maybe like four shows since then we did a big comeback show for cycle of suffering february 2020 and we we're like this is it we're going to be back we're going to be touring and then pandemic hit and then we were like more but i think getting the record done was really important and uh just like wait biding our time and really focusing on the record was was worth it in the end because i think it's a strong one no absolutely and do you struggle to write a set list now with everything you've got out um sort of like especially if it's like a support slot um obviously we've got a lot of like diehard fans that will be coming to see us and you want to appease them and play some other songs but admittedly like the new album more than anything we've ever done was like written to play live and it's gonna i think go down better than anything we've ever done um live you know like it's it's a lot more fun and like energetic musically. So um yeah, there's there's definitely gonna be a lot of new stuff coming live. Ah excellent. That sounds great, man. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Um and finally, before I let you I let you get out of here, uh, a question I like to ask all musicians I speak to, which is music videos, and I mean making them, producing them, etc. Love them or hate them. Um I love them. I think, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it, it depends on the video. Like, I've just we're just laying the process of making one, and uh, I think it's going to be the best one we've done. But it's um, sometimes it's tedious, you know, just doing the performance stuff. And in the past, you know, I I feel I've been quite hands on with. Uh, we've got a director that we've just used for everything now. Who we get on with that has a really good like, artistic vision. So um. So yeah, it's a lot 
I feel a lot more at ease knowing that the final product's not going to be crap because sometimes <laughs> they come out bad. <laughs> yeah. So now they're not, they're not so prominent so much anymore, music videos. They used to be like the rave, the rage yeah. back in the day. And now it's just, oh, I'll put a lyric video, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it's um, especially like, I, I don't even know. I was trying to speak to the director of the day. I don't even know if like Kerrang TV or Scuzz TV are even a thing anymore. Or if they are, do people still watch them? I, I genuinely don't know. Guys isn't a thing anymore, but Karang right. still is, I think. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, with YouTube now, I mean, like, that's where where people well, are watching everything, isn't yeah. it? No, yeah, exactly. Josh, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate you chatting to me tonight. And uh, I wish you all the success with the album going forward and with the tour in November. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.therazorsedge.rocks.